Welcome to the Colander Medical Radio Show with Dr. Brian Colander, MD. Dr. Colander is a board-certified internal medicine physician who specializes in the assessment and treatment of artery disease. His medical practice is dedicated to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we're going to hear from Dr. Colander about his unique, personalized concierge practice and his plan for revolutionizing healthcare. His vision focuses on preventing the events that lead to all the catastrophic diseases of our time. Dr. Colander will explain to us about how and why we develop chronic systemic disease and the course we ought to take to prevent it. To find out more about how to avoid diabetes, Alzheimer's, heart attack and stroke, stay tuned. We'll be right back after this short break. Welcome to another edition of the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin. We're here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He'll explain the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. Dr. Colander, welcome to another one of your very informative shows. Many of your shows, you talk about insulin resistance and inflammation, and I think a lot of listeners are kind of confused about what that is and why it's a key word in all the diseases that are eventually, eventually progresses into. Well, Anne-Marie, one thing I'm getting very tired of is patients asking for me, what is their hemoglobin A1C? Because the you know, outside world uses this blood test as a gauge of their, uh, their status in terms of blood sugar and whether or not their diabetes is under control or whether or not they're close to becoming diabetic. And the reason I'm tired about this is that this blood test is utterly useless. Why are all the doctors prescribing it then? Why are they taking it? Why is it part of the verbiage that patients have become used to asking about? They didn't go to medical school, so where did they, where did they get this uh, information that that's what they ought to know? The reason is, is that there are some guidelines established by our healthcare system that doctors need to reach in order to get paid. And one of these markers is that their population of patients should have a hemoglobin A1C at or below some certain level. And I, we should talk about what hemoglobin A1C is. Well, before you start that, is that different from, I know when you get regular blood tests, there's like a number. Your blood sugar level is at this. Is that something quite different? There is a blood sugar that's a serum glucose or your right. gl glucose number, and that is a different number. So there is a, va a reason to do hemoglobin A1C blood tests. So hemoglobin A1C is a measurement of your blood sugar defined by as a percentage. So it's, it's a, the number is, say, 7% or 8% or 6.9%. And it's a measure of the amount of glucose molecules that have been trapped on the surface of your red blood cells. So there's some proteins that stick out of the surface of a red blood cell that are like antennae. And as your red blood cell runs through your blood, those antennae collect glucose molecules. And the, uh, the amount of blood sugar attached to your hemoglobin cells 
is measured as a percent hemoglobin A1C percent. And that value is used to determine the quality of your diabetic management. So the general population, the general patient population, they become used to this uh, A1C level measurement or they're, they're, they're used to hearing this number and they're, they're asking you, what is it all about? Well, my patients go, hey, I'm talking to my friends and they want to know what my A1C is. I'm amazed that their friends know. Well, this is a number that's been around for 20 years, 30 years. With people that are pre-diabetic and diabetic or with no, everyone? No, just diabetic. Just diabetic. So it's a blood test. So there is a utility for this blood test. The utility is to follow and manage the progress of a diabetic's management. So this test gives you an idea of your diabetic control over a 90 to 100-day period, but it's more heavily balanced in the more recent days. So it's more heavily suggestive of your control in the last 30 days, less so over 120 days. But it potentially is a measure of your control over a 120 day space of time. What I don't like about it is that hemoglobin A1C does not identify risk of having a heart attack and stroke. So we've talked on the show about anecdotes that I've shared where patients are given a great, you know, pat on the back from their endocrinologist that their hemoglobin A1C is right where it should be. And I tell the patient based on the labs that I'm checking, I'm not happy at all. And we need to like dig in, figure out what are we missing and how do we prevent from having a heart attack right now? And they're confused because the messaging that they're getting from their endocrinologist or their cardiologist is, all positive and I'm all negative. So what, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming then that the people that are concerned about this test are all the people that are already diagnosed as being diabetic and that's all they're worried about is controlling their diabetes, whereas you're talking about it being a substrate to other diseases. Yes and no. So you are correct that if you're diabetic, it is a measure to identify whether or not you're managing your diabetes well enough. But when you're talking about preventing chronic disease, hemoglobin A1C is not a blood test that correlates to heart attack or stroke or dementia or Alzheimer's. It doesn't, there isn't a, a there isn't a correlation, well, my hemoglobin A1C is high, I'm at a higher risk for having an event. That core connection doesn't exist. And because my interest is in stopping you from having a heart attack or stroke and limiting your risk of having dementia and Alzheimer's or Parkinson's, I don't really care about a blood test that doesn't tell me where you are in terms of those outcomes. So that test is only of use to people that are already diabetic, but not of any use to predicting something more catastrophic in, Correct. Their, in their lives. Absolutely. It's not used as a preventive tool. All right, let's come back and talk more about this on the other side of the break. You are listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show, and if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you should be engaging with a concierge practice, Dr. Colander invites you to contact Colander Medical directly by calling 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. 
Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin. I'm here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. And he also talks about the tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. We're talking about that right now. In the last segment, we were talking about the A1C and why people are think they've got a clean bill of health if they've got an A1C that's uh, you know fitting in the right figures, but it's not a prevention. Is that what you're saying? Well, yes, absolutely. Right now, I've got patients who are pre-diabetic, and again, pre-diabetic is too late. So new patients come to me, and they've been under the care of their prior internal medicine doctor or family practice doctor who has told them that they're pre-diabetic, yet there's really no plan in place. And the, the uh, assumption is, well, I'm pre-diabetic, so I'm okay because I'm not diabetic. And di- being diabetic is a real problem, and my blood sugar is normal, and my hemoglobin A1C is normal. But let me ask you a question here before you go on. If you're told by your doctor that you are pre-diabetic, I would imagine that would scare enough people to say, well, I don't want to go further down this road. How do I stop myself from going, getting on this train and then eventually becoming diabetic? You would think so, wouldn't you? Well, I'm, I'm amazed. I mean, I'm assuming that I would, everybody would. I'm sure they would say, wait, let's stop this and halt this right now. Not because, true. So, because the implication is that I'm not diabetic. It's not that I'm, well, why am I pre-diabetic and how do I stop this process? It's, well, at least I'm not diabetic. Let's go on. But pre leads to post and leads to later and leads to eventuality. So my question to you as a primary care internal medicine doctor, and I know you're different from all the rest, but if if the average doctor is saying that you're pre-diabetic, shouldn't the next sentence be, let's stop it, let's prevent it, let's turn this around? And can that be done? You would like to think so, but most of the time, the next sentence may not even come it might just be a reassurance that, well, you're not diabetic yet. Just eat healthy, exercise more, which is the white noise we are, no, no one responds to anymore, and you'll be okay. So no one responds to white noise. And well, they, don't, they wouldn't know how to react to that anyway. I mean, nobody knows what that means, that generic eat healthy, exercise, do this, do that. They don't even know what that means. And so, therefore, it doesn't matter. So they're on a trajectory to becoming diabetic. And my question to you is, can you turn that around and stop that? Of course you can turn it around. The key is identifying it as early as possible. And frankly, if you're being told you're pre-diabetic, you've been on a continuum or on a spectrum of disease leading to you being pre-diabetic that has been going on for 15 years. And during this 15 years that you've been on this path of becoming pre-diabetic, where it might be another three to five years before you're actually diabetic, during this time, you have a condition that is causing damage to the body that you're living in, and you have no idea, and you're given no other direction from your doctor until you've had it for 15 years, then eat healthier, exercise more, you'll be okay. And don't worry about it. You're just pre-diabetic. But being pre-diabetic, so what you're saying is that condition in and of itself is 
bad enough that it can be a precursor to a more fatal outcome? Not just being pre-diabetic, but the process of becoming. So I don't even like using the word diabetes anymore. To me, I like to refer to it as the process that, we're, that causes all this, which is insulin resistance. So insulin resistance is the mechanism by which people become diabetic. And insulin resistance is the same mechanism by which people develop heart attack and stroke. They develop Alzheimer's and dementia and Parkinson's. Insulin resistance also causes cancer. So this process leads to all of these things. So why call it diabetes? Why call, you know, it, it just as well may cause you to have dementia and Alzheimer's or Parkinson's, and you may never actually become diabetic based on your borderline pre-diabetic hemoglobin A1C. I have a question for you. So for the population out there that's listening, for the patient population that goes to see their doctor annually or however often they go to see their primary care physician and they get their lab tests and their lab work and their workup and their physicals, if they're told, are they getting told that they have insulin resistance? And if so, are they being explained what that is? And are they being told how to get rid of it? No, they're being told they're pre-diabetic, maybe. Don't worry about it. You're not diabetic. Go eat better and exercise more. White noise, which doesn't mean anything. And there's no other explanation. And that's if they hear that much. It just, you know, the explanation of don't worry about it. You're just pre-diabetic might be all they get. And because it's all they get, it seems okay. Because remember, Anne-Marie, our listeners are spending an hour in a waiting room to spend five minutes with a the doctor. Their car gets more attention during a checkup than yeah, they sure. do for their annual physical. So the doctor's job is to move on to the next room because they're behind. Mm -hmm. So the doctor doesn't have time to explain anything. All they have time to do is say, don't worry about it. You're okay. Or here's a script, here's a referral, see you later. And they're, on, they're gone. So basically what you're saying here to the listeners and to the general patient population is you are pretty much all being shafted. And being told, don't worry, your hemoglobin A1C is normal is another way of being shafted. It does not in any way convey the, the concept that you have a problem that's frankly easily fixed with the right education and a little more information about what's going on with your health that you'll feel motivated to do something differently. And maybe it needs to be treated. I treat a lot of my patients who are pre, I don't even use the word pre-diabetic because they're not. Let me rephrase. I treat a lot of my patients who have normal blood sugars, normal hemoglobin A1Cs with very, very potent diabetic drugs that most doctors, frankly, are afraid to use. And the reason is those drugs prevent heart attacks and strokes. And they also fix insulin resistance. So when we have to use it, and how do we know when we have to use it? If they're at high risk for having a heart attack or stroke, and that does not correlate with the degree of their diabetes. So the bigger issue here is that being pre-diabetic or diabetic and having insulin resistance 
which obviously diabetes can be managed, but it puts you at a horrifying risk of having a cardiac problem or a, or a heart attack or having a stroke. That's, that's the bigger issue here. And the reason I don't like checking hemoglobin A1Cs in someone who is not a full-blown diabetic is because the result is misleading. Because they're going to go to their friends and go, hey, my A1C is 5.7. I'm okay. It's normal. And they may be having severe insulin resistance without having crossed this threshold, which really means just moving further down the path of chronic illness to have caused pancreas failure, which leads to the eventual diagnosis of diabetes. So pancreas failure is an outcome of ongoing insulin resistance. That's when our healthcare system says, hey, time for drugs, time for attention. Your organ failed. That's what our system does. It waits for an organ to fail. It waits for your artery to be totally blocked before they go, oh, I guess you got heart disease. Let me give you a treatment. And the treatment is, guess what? Surgery. If you have a patient with insulin resistance, can it be stopped, turned around, changed? Absolutely. The earlier, the better, of course. So getting the diagnosis, the patient now has the option that if they've got the right doctor, they can do something about it. Yep. Let's talk about that on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show. And if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, Dr. Colander is inviting you to contact Colander Medical directly by calling 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin. We're here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you need to have with your primary care physician. He'll explain the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke as well as halting the progression of artery disease. And before we get started on this next segment, I want to advise listeners that if you want to talk to the doctor directly, Dr. Colander has a weekly show Thursday. It starts at 7.05 between 7 and 8 o'clock. It's a live show. Please call in if you're listening today. Well, this is Sunday's show. If you happen to be listening to this show and you've got questions, please tune in on Thursday at 7 o'clock, and you can dial directly and talk to Dr. Colander directly. So, Dr. Colander, let's come back to giving us an example of what patients ought to do. They come to see you, and what happens? Well, I want to tell a story first, okay. Anne-Marie. So, the sto- you know, I've had a patient forever. He's been with me from when I was a traditional doctor. He's my age. He followed me through the transition to concierge doctor, and, you know, and now he's still, he's involved in all the prevention that we're doing. And granted, I will say my patients who've followed this path with me, they're a little slower to catch on to the prevention because that wasn't who I was 20 years ago, wasn't who I was six years ago. So I just, I'm going to stop you here before we go on. I just want the listeners, if you're listening for the first time and also, you know, reminding uh, the listeners that are loyal listeners to your show, that you yourself were immersed in this traditional process of being the regular common garden variety, primary care, 
internal medicine doctor that had five minutes with each patient. And after 15 years, you said, I'm bagging this and moving on because you're not, you're not really servicing the illness or you're not servicing the health of the patient and moved into this more very personalized. I won't, I don't want to use the word concierge or private or anything else. It's really personalized prevention where you're actually saying, okay, you know what? Instead of diagnosis and stage disease, I'm going to help you not get the disease in the first place. Let's go back to the beginning and you're investing the time and investing the effort and certainly doing very uh, state-of-the-art testing to make sure that people just don't reach the the diagnostic, you know, end-stage disease. But go ahead, I interrupted you about your patient. Well, well thank you. Yeah, <laughs> so I really just wanted to have freedom to practice medicine the way I saw fit. And I knew that if I didn't do that then, I'd be a widget master. You know, I'd be just like every one of these other doctors. And frankly, you are all widgets who are running through the machine of the healthcare industry without any control over it or say so. You're all being treated the same. So in order to break out of that, it's important to find somebody who's looking beyond and is not just interested in doing the rote random, I shouldn't say random, but the rote, you know, common variety uh, stamped process that we're all getting. Well, I'm not, but you all are. So my patient who's been, who stayed with me through all of these transitions that I've gone through, on paper, he's a disaster. You know, like he's got high insulin-resistant measurements, high blood pressure, early arthritis, and he's had chronic bowel problems. And he's had severe bowel infections called diverticulitis. He's had a blood clot. I mean, he's just, he's just had a lot of health issues that we've seen him through. And he's someone that when we screen people for vascular disease, we do a, two tests. One is a carotid ultrasound that looks at the wall of the carotid artery we measure the layers of the artery to look for plaque. And this is why I don't really care about hemoglobin A1Cs is because the disease we're treating is plaque, not your A1C. And you can have a great A1C and be rupturing plaque all day long and die. So your A1C does not predict your risk. You need to measure the 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 data that we need that measures risk the most is your CIMT measurement, which is this carotid wall ultrasound. And then we also, in people that have a normal CIMT, we get a CAT scan of the heart to look for calcium deposits. So he has a, I'm going to say, practically normal CAT scan and a totally normal CIMT. And here's this guy on paper with all these problems. And the reason I'm bringing... And how old is he, by the way? 50s. Oh, that's terrible. Young. Terrible. Well, he looks fine. He's retired, and he lives in Florida most of the time, and he's... But he's not fine. Well, he's... Well, so I actually saw him today. So, which is, well, it's not Sunday, but this week, the right. week prior to the show. So he, you know, today our conversation's about insulin resistance, and he asked me about, well, how's my A1C? And I explained to them that that doesn't apply to you because... He still has insulin resistance, regardless of what his A1C is. So I don't even check his A1C because it might be normal. It might be a little high. I don't care. I know what his fasting blood sugar is. 
And then I do different markers to measure insulin resistance because there isn't a specific blood test for it. I got to piece together different pieces of information to infer insulin resistance. Wait, I'm going to stop you here before you go on. So what you're saying is there's not any one specific blood draw or lab test that we can look at and get it back and say, you have insulin resistance and here's what your number is. So you've got to patch this together from different data. Is that what you're saying? The simplest, the answer is yes. Okay. I mean, I mean, so for the common variety doctor out there, you can get a fasting insulin level. And a very low fasting insulin level is great. That probably means that person does not have insulin resistance. So you can have a normal blood sugar and have high insulin. So there's a, there's a lot of space in the progression of becoming diabetic where your insulin levels are high and your blood sugars are normal. And, it, and so we're missing these years. This isn't like, oh, I, I missed it today. We're talking about tens of years where your body's stressed by overproducing insulin and in, in your blood sugar's normal and your hemoglobin A1C is normal. So you have no idea where this is. So, and I had to explain to him that said, look, even though you don't have a plaque, I'm really happy about that, but you have this condition that causes neurodegenerative diseases like Parkinson's and dementia and Alzheimer's and cancer. So we still need to focus on this in a, with all of our attention to reduce your insulin resistance, to protect your long-term health, even though my number one point of interest is normal for him. I didn't say, your arteries are fine, see you later. I'm like, your arteries are fine, great. Now let's still look at all of the things that can affect your arteries because maybe they're not going to cause you vascular disease, but they're going to cause other chronic conditions like his arthritis, his bowel issues, chronic cough, asthma, you know, myriad of other things that he's had, um, and to help him live the rest of his life as healthy as he can be. Well, given that he's only 50-something, I mean, he's got a long way to go, hopefully. Well, he's that... got to get there in the best possible shape he can be. And is there hope to turn around a situation? We're already turning it around. So what is the message then for listeners? I mean, this is an example of a patient. What is the message? They they ought to just reconsider their whole health care, what they're getting and not getting right now, and that they really need to know that they're being terribly underserved. Well, the message is, is that none of the tests that you're getting when you go to the doctor and you're sharing with your friends these results of your cholesterol, your hemoglobin A1C, I hate to break it to you, but none of those numbers mean anything toward your risk of having some serious urgent event that will kill you or maim you or some other chronic disease that will make you live the rest of your life as a decrepit, chronically ill invalid. And that's why we still have <laughs> 600,000 people dying of heart attack that could have been prevented if people knew more about prevention and got on the bandwagon of, of finding a doctor that's into prevention. Anyway, we're going to have to take a quick break, and you are listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show. If you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, Dr. Colander is inviting you to contact Colander Medical directly by calling 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR.
Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice, the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician, and the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke, as well as halting the progression of artery disease. I'm going to begin this last segment by talking directly to you listeners out here. Dr. Collender, as you know, has a live show every Thursday at 7 o'clock. You're welcome to call in and talk to him directly, uh, as well as the Sunday show at 3. We have a lot of listeners that listen to both shows, but certainly you can get a hold of him directly by tuning in to the Thursday show. And that again, that's at 7 o'clock or 7.05 by the time it starts. We've had a lot of patients who have tried to get a hold of him online. I've gotten calls from patients. WJR has gotten calls from patients. And I would just like to remind you that if you need help in getting the necessary testing, if you need help with referrals to a primary care physician or a specialist or whatever, please only call 866-COLANDER. That's 866-KOL. E-N-D-E-R. I have no problem that you call me, that you call the station, that you go online. But a lot of patients are trying very hard to get a hold of him, to get information, to get on the right track of prevention. So I would just ask that you always just directly call 866-COLANDER, K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. Coming back to you, Dr. Colander, let's, uh, this is our last segment here. Let's wrap it up. And what's the advice that you have to give about patients that are being totally lost in the system? Well, I think what people need to know is that the data that they're being sent home with, and I'm going to use the word data loosely, you know, their cholesterol, their A1C if they get one, their blood sugar, none of those numbers really measure risk of having what it is you don't want to have. And, you know, we talk about the widow maker, having a stroke, being debilitated, being a dependent of your family, or aging badly and having dementia where you don't remember where you are when you wake up or having Parkinson's, all of these conditions are potentially preventable if they're addressed early. Once you have a condition that's settled in, it's not easy to fix. I don't want to say impossible, but stopping it from happening is possible. Fixing it when it's already there is is too late. And so if you're going to wait for your pancreas to fail to decide you've been diagnosed with, a di- with diabetes or have an have insulin and blood sugar problem, you've waited too long. You, no one should be satisfied with the care that they're getting. They really need to identify the real drivers of risk or really identify their risk and then the drivers of inflammation that cause chronic illness. I think they really need to, patients out there, and I, I know a lot of them, and, you know, this past week I've had several calls from people that tracked me down, which was really surprising, and they're saying, how do I get a hold of Dr. Collender? And I thought, well, gee, we, we mentioned the phone number as much as we can, but um, I, I feel that a lot of them are lost for a lot of reasons, and obviously healthcare in this country has nothing to do with prevention. And you've talked about this before. We've had other doctors on the show that have talked about this before. Even coming back to oral health, you know, we now have the technology to be able to visualize the bacteria that causes in the oral cavity that causes Alzheimer's and more than 57 other different diseases. 
but dentists aren't telling their patients. Nobody's telling their patients. People only go to a periodontist when they're forced to go or they're told they've got something wrong with their gums, but nobody's saying this is where disease starts. And what you're saying is forget about waiting until the disease starts. Let's look at where you are right now and let's stop the disease. And it's really pathetic to think about the fact that with the money and the technology that this country has, that it's totally failed in delivering proper preventive health care. It's, it's frustrating, you know, because you and I are on the show and we feel like we know something nobody else knows. The listeners hear what we're saying. Then they go take the information to their doctor and the doctor doesn't know what to do with it. Yeah, that's true. So, like, for instance, we were offering the carotid ultrasound in our office and, frankly, I stopped. Now, you can get a carotid in our office, but you also have to have a full evaluation to give us so we can get enough information about you and more data about you to give you full uh, goal and a plan of how to move forward. But we've stopped just doing the carotid because some people would take it to their doctor and not let us treat them. And the doctor doesn't know what to do. The data without a plan is useless. Information without a plan is useless. Right. So getting a hemoglobin A1C or a blood sugar or a cholesterol without an appropriate plan or understanding what those mean is useless. And uh, there just aren't enough doctors out there equipped with the information. And I, it really, the time. Mm-hmm. Amory, it, it talks, it's, this really comes down to having the time to spend with people to give them the information that they need to make the right decisions for themselves. Well, the sad story in this country, unfortunately, is that there is no plan for prevention of disease. There's only treatment of disease. There's putting a stent into an artery or you've got interventional neurologists and interventional cardiologists. And so everybody's sort of geared into thinking that, oh, if I get chest pains, maybe I'm going to have a heart attack or how do I know if, if my if I have, you know, a disease in my family, be it diabetes or cardiac disease, is this going to be, you know, a death sentence for me? But I mean, how many preventative doctors, doctors like you are there in Michigan or in this country? I mean, it's really pathetic. Well, not many, you know, and as far as these interventional specialists, a lot of them feel like they are preventive doctors, you know, and you could say they are preventing an event at the last possible second, but that's not until you've started having symptoms of a heart attack or stroke. Well, then let's step in and do some kind of procedure. What people don't know is that there's data out there and studies that support that medical management is as good as a procedure in these situations. Why would you wait until you're on the verge of having a life-altering event or dying when you could have started medical management in an earlier state and avoided having even a procedure that has a 1% or 2% complication of death. I don't even think people know that that's a choice or that medical management is a choice, and you're absolutely right. I mean, you know, people know that if they go to see a surgeon, they're probably going to have surgery. And it's it's kind of, that's why people avoid going to see the orthopedic surgeon, because they know if they've got a pain in their knee, they're going to get a knee replacement. Right. Well, they can't know because no one's telling them any different. You know, they've got their doctors who are having them check lipid panels that don't identify risk of having an event in any way. And they've got doctors t- checking a hemoglobin A1C 
that makes them reassured that they're not diabetic or yet. Meanwhile, these are opportunities that are being missed to engage patients to prevent conditions that may happen five or 10 years down the road, but not unless you're aware of what it is you're looking for. So the message really is, and we're almost ready to finish the show here, is that you all need to wake up and, you know, burn the word prevention into your mind and start now. It's never too late. And like you've said, Dr. Colander, Alzheimer's, when do we need to start looking at getting the tests or to prevent Alzheimer's? Age what? Do they start coming? Well, we find people with plaque in their arteries at age 30. Right. So it's not too early to start, even at 30, so that when you do start, you're starting with as clean a slate as possible. Okay, so prevention is the answer, and you need to get into a preventative practice. And unfortunately, we're out of time, and that wraps it up for the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR, sponsored by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and again, I want to thank Dr. Colander for talking to us about taking charge of our health, being proactive, avoiding heart attack, stroke, and more importantly, what you can do to halt or reverse the process of chronic degenerative disease. It's never too late to start. For more information on today's show or to learn more about how you can engage, engage with a personal primary care concierge practice, you can call Colander Medical directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that's 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. We hope that you enjoyed the show and that you become more aware of your options in preventing and reversing disease. Also, tune in to the show on Thursday at 7 o'clock. And thank you for listening.